Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. Pastor John and Kat's having a little R&R this week, and uh, we get him, you know, that's good. It's always good. Jesus in the Bible, they always come and got along, called them aside often. I mean, you get refreshed. You need refreshing. The man of God needs refreshing. Amen? Creativity can flow. Amen? So we just bless them. And I got a word for the Lord for you today. Amen? And uh, I heard a few words this week in a little sentence, and I'll get there in a second. Turn to 1 Kings chapter 10. And uh, just hold it there. First, 10, First Kings chapter 10. My, didn't we have a good time Wednesday night in here? Man, just fresh. Just the Lord showed up with us. Let me know when we come in here and we it's really about him. Let me know he'll show up. Just love on us. Amen. It was so good. When you get to First Kings chapter 10, just kind of hold you. Hand right there. You know, we in an interesting season. You know, I believe in our church right now. You know, just allow me to be honest for a minute. You know, all through my years here at Cornerstone and and uh, all that, they've been. We've had some great, great times around here. Amen. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, some great ones. We've seen some miracles. We've seen God do some sure enough stuff that can't never be beat out of us. Amen. But it also been some times that maybe not so good. But you know, that's with any house. Because change is always coming. And there's all kinds of seasons that, that I believe every, you know, house is go through. But, you know, believe it or not, along the way, I've had some frustrations. Anybody in here ever had some frustrations and you just kind of kept them solid or maybe you didn't? Probably should have, but we didn't. Amen. Frustration is supposed to turn to intercession to the Lord. Amen. But we don't always get it right, do we? But at times it seemed like, have you ever felt like not only as a church but individually when everything's going good and great and you're making progress and feel like we're picking up steam and everybody's on board, we liking that. But then there's other times when you feel like, man, there's just not a whole lot going on, are they? It seems like we, we just seem standing still. Now, I'm not saying we are, but I'm saying sometimes it seems that way. Anybody been with me? And we're like, man, something's got to give. It, yeah, I signed up for more than this now. Come on, somebody. If you come to church here, this is dangerous because this is an apostolic church. We don't want to be like just the next little church on the street that's quiet and just has a little club. And we do our thing on Monday, you know, Wednesday and Sunday, and then we go home. No, well, if you're here, you're signed to be a leader. Come on. You're called to be in full-time ministry uh, to go out and impact your world, impact your community, to make a change out there of his influence from heaven to earth. Amen? And, and, and that's who we are here. And um, But, you know, if, if we're reaching, how many knows that we always want our body to be reaching? Uh we want to see growth in people's lives, impacting the community in a deeper, uh, just a, a real way. And we want to be expanding. We want to take risk. We want to be bold for the Lord. Amen? Anybody want to hit your mark? Anybody want to hit the target in here? Let me say this. You know, to do all this, 
to get where we're going, we're going to have to have some targets along the way. Because if, if all we have is goals and we don't have a target that we're, and then, and then we have strategic plans to put in place to hit that target, come on. If we don't have that, then all we got is a dream. And I got more in me than just a dream. How about you? I want to see some legs on this thing. And if the Lord's called us to be, you know, I don't want to be just a good church if the Lord's called us to be a great church. Come on, somebody. I don't want to have just one campus if the Lord maybe have called us to have 10 or 12 campuses around the region. Come on. And this to be a resource center. Because if we got all that in us and we're called to the more, if we don't see that, we get bored on the inside. I got to see more because we called to more. That okay? I remember when Elijah and Elisha, Elisha served Elijah for six years. And he told him one day, he says, one day I'm going to leave you. Is there anything that you'd like me to do for you before I leave? And you know what he said? He said, I want your spirit. I want a double portion. Get this. I was amazed that he didn't say, I want your stuff. I want your things. What I want is your spirit. What I want is who you are. I don't want your stuff. That's good. That's good. And see, that'll be us. It ain't about the stuff. It's about his presence. And if I got his presence and I think like he does, then he'll bless me and I can keep what he give me. But let me know, you ought to want more than stuff. Man, we got children coming up behind us. And I understand that if I'm the young one, if I'm Elisha, what Elijah tells him is if you see me when I go, you can have it. In other words, if you see me finish, what God gave me to do. If you see me finish, then you can have what I have. If you see me finish, my finishing spot will your, be your beginning point. Where I stop and end is where you will begin. Ain't no sense starting over. So this house is a house of inheritance. Amen? I'm excited to be a part of a house like that. Amen? Now let's read right here. First Kings chapter 10. When the queen of Sheba heard about the fame of Solomon and his relation to the name of the Lord. She's talking about his relationship that he's got with God. Queen of Sheba is, a, is in, from a pagan land worshiping pagan gods. I doubt she knows anything about his God. But his fame has spread to other countries. And she came because she wanted to see. Let's read on. She came to test him with hard questions, arriving at Jerusalem with a great caravan. With camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold, precious stones, she came to Solomon and talked with him about all that she had on her mind. Now get this. Solomon answered all her questions. Let me know the people of God ought to have an answer to all the questions. Nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her. And When the queen of Sheba saw all the wisdom of Solomon and the palace he had built, when she saw the food on his table, when she saw the seating of his officials and the attending servants in their robes, his cupbearers, and the burnt offerings he made at the temple of the Lord, she was overwhelmed. She said to the king, The report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true. 
But I did not believe these things until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half was told me. In wisdom and wealth, you have far exceeded the report that I heard. How happy your men must be, how happy your officials, who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Praise be to the Lord your God, who has delighted in you and placed you on the throne of Israel. Because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel, he has made you king to maintain justice and righteousness. I mean, those, I heard, the words I heard this week was this. I heard them on Thursday. It's all, it's all I heard. It's what I heard. And it's what I heard was, in my spirit, not even half has been told. That's what I heard. Not even half has been told. And I knew it was the Lord, but, it, you know, I didn't remember. I just remember I was somewhere in the Bible, so I had to Google it, Google Smart. And then, and then we found this story. And God said, not even the half has been told. So I, I want to tell you three things today. I want to talk to you today about the high call that's on your life, but the high call that's on this house. The high call. Amen? Because this is his house. And I want to tell you that not even the half in your life or in this church, not even the half has been told yet. Amen? It's a good point. Some of you are like, oh, God. Not even the half has been told or what he's got planned for you. Come on. And the third thing is, there's a price to your promise. And it's called change. It's called the process. You know, Paul one time was going through Macedonia, and he was on the move as an apostle going from city to city, church to church. And he said, I'm going to stay on at Ephesus because I see a great door of opportunity that has been opened for me here for an effective work. How I many know you're going to be a part of an effective work? And a great door means a mega door. Paul said, I see, I see in the spirit a mega door here for an effective work to be done. And Paul said, I'm, I'm just going to stay here a while. He said, but there are going to be many that oppose me. That's what he said. So this queen of Sheba, she heard of all the fame of Solomon. So she said, I'm going to Jerusalem for myself to see if what I heard was true. And when she arrived at Jerusalem and she watched him, she was so impressed. No doubt this was a house of excellence. You could see that. This was a house of order. This was a house of structure. This was a house that had things in place. And let me know, to get a house like that, you don't do that overnight. You just don't whip in here and set that up and then take it out. I mean, that takes time to build order and to build excellence and to build structure. It takes time. There's a great sacrifice for that. And why is order and structure important? Because Isaiah 9 says of, of his government and peace, there'll be no end. How many knows that government brings peace to your life? If you don't have peace and you got chaos, if you'll put order and structure in place, it'll release the peace of God in your life. And the same thing in the church and what we're trying to build. Order and structure, peace always follows it. And if you don't have order and structure, what you have is chaos. What you have is frustration. What you have is confusion. Come on. But if you got order and structure, Lord said, I'll bless that. 
I'll, I'll build with that. Give me what you do, God. If you need some, some uh, money, just go get me some vessels. Go borrow a little bit. Go borrow not a few. Borrow a lot because I'm going to fill all of them. But I just got to have some place, something to work with. And if you'll give me something to work with, I'll fill them, says the Lord. She saw his palace. She saw his wisdom, the food on his table. She, when she saw the provision of the house, let me know the Lord going to provide for his people. Amen. When she saw the seating of the officials, when she saw the way the leadership carried herself, come on, that's important. When she saw the attending servants in the robes, the cupbearers, in other words, in Solomon's temple, when she saw the greeters greeting, come on, somebody. When she saw the singers singing, the dancers dancing. When she saw the elders eldering and the deacons serving, come on. She said, when I see everybody in their place doing all their gifts and what they called to do, man, that was a happy house to be in. How happy all these people must be. Because this is a house with everybody flowing. That's a good house. You got teachers teaching, prophets speaking the direction. Man, how happy they must be. But she said this, but when I saw the burnt offerings that Solomon gave to his Lord at the temple. She said, I was overwhelmed. In other words, when, when people come into this house, that's a foreigner, come on, when foreigners outside come into this house, this is a temple, but know you not that you are the temple of the Lord. When those outside see your temple, come on, and the excellence of your house and all that's going on, and the, they can't deny that God's put his hand on your life. It's going to do what she did. It says in verse 9 that she bust off praising his God. Why? Because she saw all that this God had done for Solomon. Now, hey, you know, that's what God wants to do in your life. God wants to bless you in such a way that he makes you a sign and a wonder and a miracle yourself. The people that know you will say, ain't no way that's him. I knew him. I knew where he come from. He didn't inherit none from his mama and his daddy. And it's none other than the hand of the Lord and the blessing of God upon his life. And it seems like whatever he puts his hand to, the Lord blesses that house. And they give praise to your God. But when she saw the way the worship, man, throwing shoes this morning. We didn't leave nothing on the field. Just, we're going, God. Let me know Jesus took more than his shoe off for you. He took everything off for you and left it all on the field. Amen? You know, when visitors get up and get ready, when they get up and get ready, and they're going to take the time to drive to Sparks, Georgia, on the back street, come on, somebody, by the water tower, they ought to be able to come and see something when they get here. They shouldn't only come and hear something. They ought to be able to come down here and see something. Because the presence of the Lord, we all happy. Everybody's in their spot doing what they call to do. We're not envying each other. We're not jealous of one another. You just be you and let your gift flow, honey. And we need your gift because we get tired of pulling this ship. Come on. I'm sure Matt gets tired of pulling that all the time up there. And why Hannah stepped up. And my God, let her go. Let her go. Release her. Why? Fresh was on it. Wind of heaven. Do you feel it go up a notch? Right. Now, we don't build a monument around that because next week it might be somebody else. might be you. But, Lord, whoever you own, we're going to just find it. Amen? But this house is called to be a great house. And then she made that statement. 
Not even the half has been told. See, I, I heard that. And then when I found the story, I said, man, God, you're talking to this house. We have seen some amazing things. But some of you in here, I know you do, some of you in here think that our better days are behind us. That it'll never be what it once was. And it was good. But I'm going to tell you, the Lord said not even half has been told that I desire to do with you individually and with this house. And every promise that I've ever said or decreed over this house, that's where I heard it, has no expiration date on it. See, I want you to say, I want here, when God chose you before you ever got to earth, he ordained you, Jeremiah, to be a prophet while you was in your mother's womb. When you create something, it means to create something out of nothing. But when he made you, made is he's going to take something already and just change it into another form. There's a difference in the day you were created and the day you were made. We was already in heavenly places. We already been with the Father before you and I ever got here and he released us in the earth with our assignment. It didn't begin when you got here. He put it in you and ordained you before you ever got here. We ought to just stop right there and teach. There's a difference in the day you were created and the day you were made. And not only is this the temple of the Lord, but see, we the temple. But you've got to understand, as good as it has been and as good as you've seen it, individually in this church, the half has not been told. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, He has always taken us from faith to faith and from glory to glory. The Lord ain't in backing up in your life. You're, the Lord's in increasing you. The Lord's in going forward. The only one that takes from you is the devil. He come to steal, divide, subtract from you. Come on. But the Lord come to add to you, multiply you, increase you, bless you, move you forward. You've come into his image and the kingdom is released through you. Amen? See, I, the good news is the half has not been told yet. What is the good news? That's the high call of your life in this house. The, it hadn't been released. Not even the half has been told. See, but the bad news is, if you get a word like that, there's going to have to be some change that follows. Here's the high call. The half hadn't been told. And we run around. Do you hear my word? Do you hear what I got? They told me, man, I'm thinking to be this and that and glow in the dark in five continents. And all the old people scratching their head like, he don't understand. That's not tomorrow. Honey, you better buckle up. You better hold on. You better get in position because you're fitting to go through hell. You're fitting to go through the process. Come on. That's the, you got a promise, but between the promise and you fulfilling that, fulfillment of your promise is something called the wilderness, something called the process that everybody goes through and there are, there are no shortcuts. I wish there were, but they're not. Anybody been through the process? Anybody still in the process? Just hold on because you will be if you're not. Amen? But see, some people in here, see, what, when change comes, you got a high call. But to get to that high call, let I me mean, know to get something different, you're going to have to do something different than you've done. You're going to have to be willing to change sometime with the Lord. How's that change come? Comes through your mind. 
You got to get a new mind. Got to get a new mindset. You got to see things from his perspective, the way that he sees things. Instead of seeing just in front of you, he's got an aerial view. He wants you to see the whole big picture. Because this isn't just about you. It's about your kids and your kids' kids. Come on, somebody. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In private, I tell him, you're the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Junior. That's my little personal deal. To let him know I'm still in there. You're my God. Through all we've been through, you've been my God. Amen? When I slapped, blown it, and didn't even deserve a second chance, you didn't leave me, and you were still my God. Come on, somebody. I found him faithful. When everybody else left me, he didn't leave me. When I deserved, I mean, just the, the worst, he gave me the best. Come on, somebody. He said, I'm going to love you in spite of yourself. I'm going to bless you in spite of yourself so that you will know that I am your God. Man. He loves me for me, not for what I can do or don't do. He loves me for me. I'm a son. You're a daughter. I can't do anything else to earn his love for me. See, some in here, you like change. But most of us in here don't like change. We like stability. We like security. Come on, somebody. See, the half won't ever be told for most people because of their unwillingness to change. Well, bless God, it's always been like this, and it's just the way it's going to be. Grandmama did this, Mama Daddy did this, and I won't ever change it. Well, God will leave you with it. But I want to go on to what's new and what he's doing in the earth today fresh because I stand on the shoulders of my forefathers, and we got to finish this race. And if it ain't me that, that finishes, I got to give the baton off to the next generation and I got to make sure they get it in a firm hand that they can run and not drop it. And then when they get it, I got to come behind them and just blow on them, just push them on, encourage them until they run in their self. That's the way it's supposed to be never ending from glory to glory. And see, the thing about change is one thing about your life, change is always going to happen, whether you like it or not. Whether you're ready for it or not, change is inevitable. But your growth is optional. Change is always coming. But whether you accept it or not, that's up to you. You can change it and grow, or you can get stuck in change and never go any further. How many wants to be a part of what God's doing now? And if you don't develop the ability to go through change and you get stuck in it, you're going to have a terrible time living your life because life is full of change. How you deal with it, truth is, it separates the men from the boys. You know, I remember a corporation used to be here and, and Dennis, you know, with a the, with the company here and they made wood crates. And that's all they made. But when plastic come out, see, they wasn't going to change. No, bless God, we do what great. Well, you'll go out of business because things are changing, things are shifting. Corporations know that if you don't change your business model along the way, you have to. You'll go out of business. You'll wake up one day and not have no business because somebody done passed you. So change is good for some of you because you can't stand normal. Some of you in here, you like change. For something to stay the same, it bores you. You want something new. You want something 
fresh. To stay in a box drives you insane. That's why you go from blonde to brunette in a week. Come on. That's why you go from long hair to short hair. Come on. That's why. That's why you rearrange your old furniture you've had forever 17 different ways. And your husband comes in the door and he trips over the furniture because you can't take normal. I just got to change something. <laughs> How many of us expensive being married? I thought everything looked good the way it was. What do you mean you don't like none of it no more? Come on, all the men help me. We got carpet, we want tile. We get tile, we want wood. I mean, it's just a revolving door. And I'm saying, it's all good. It's good. But to keep peace, you change. I changed my hairdo. I didn't have no choice. She said, I look like Jim Bob on the Duggars. She said, your hair's flat. You ought to do something. What do you mean I ought to do something? It's been good for me. Let me try something. I tried it and scared me to death. And now I like it, but we don't like change to start with. She said, that, that cologne you was wearing in the first three months we dated was like bug spray, but I didn't tell you. Well, it was Chanel Blue number five. I mean, I thought it was good. It cost some money. It wasn't brood or old spice. Come on, somebody. She says, smell like bug spray. I had three bottles. I took it down to my daddy's house and never forget and knocked on the door and gave him all three. Well, thank you, son. You don't want that? Nope. Tracy don't like it. So you come home with me now. She got me about eight or nine colognes. I don't know what to wear. Just something. As long as you like it, I'll wear it. It's good. It's all good. I didn't even know my notes, but anyway. But see, most of you in here, you love stability. You love security. You like to know where everything is, and you want to know where everything's going to be. You like to know where you're going to stay, and you want to know, you know who's going to be in your life. You like to know, you know what you're doing today, where am I going, and you got your whole life planned out. You done got the whole thing planned out, A to Z. And any time life changes for you, it becomes unstable. It becomes difficult for you because your security is built around stability. And then one day you wake up and you get saved and you become a Christian. And you say, okay, God, I want you to come into my sweet little life. Just sit over there, if you will. Just sit down. It's all good. I'm, I'm good. Just sit down, Lord. Don't touch nothing. Don't move nothing. Don't mess with anything. Don't rearrange nothing. My mama put that there. My grandmammy put it there. Don't you touch nothing. It's all good in my house. And then what happens? He disrupts everything in your life. Don't it? You ever had him turn your house upside down? Because why? Because you prayed for growth. You prayed for greater influence. You prayed for greater anointing. You prayed to be used by your God in a more effective way. But now you fight change. How can you grow and not change? You can't. Life's full of changes. 
Change is a problem if you're always hanging on to yesterday and refusing to keep going forward. Change is a problem. If you're going to always compare and hold on to tomorrow, yesterday, then you'll never get to tomorrow. If you're always hanging on to your past, you won't ever get to your future. And with God, you've got to release your past. Good, bad, ugly, what could have been, might have been, should have been. Let it go. It's gone. Ain't nothing you can do about it. You can't ever go back and change nothing, and you can't ever bring them back. But if you'll let go of your past, the Lord said the same day, I'll give you your future. Even now it springs up. Do you not know it? So I'll always let go of my past to get my future. But I can't do both. You got to let go. Amen? So most people in here will never experience a half has not been told because of their unwillingness to change. I'm going to tell you something. All of God's children in here, you have a high call. You have a high purpose over your life. But few will ever really walk in what he has for you because you won't change. You got to understand, we all have a promise of destiny. But somewhere between that promise and getting that promise, it's the process. And most of you in here, many of you in here know the high call of God. Some of you know the high call of God on your life and you want it now. But even though God don't, it don't work like that with him. What he shows you today, I doubt you get it tomorrow. Five years and ten years in the Lord ain't a lot of time. It is to me and you, right? <laughs> See, today if you're young, you're a novice. You're young. You're full of zeal, but you have no knowledge yet. You got the passion. Because I said, I got to make sure and take you through some things. I got I to let you go through some things all along with just you and me. So that you'll know that when you get in trouble, I'll be with you. Come on. You won't live on your mama's faith or your daddy's faith, but I'll give you your own faith token along the way. I'll give you your own experiences. I'll give you your own encounters with me. See, your God wants to build that in you. Why? Because he wants your character. See, he'll put you on that wheel and just keep spinning you, knocking off all those rough edges. He'll put you in a stove, I'm telling you, and turn up the heat and melt everything in you that needs to be off of you. Why? Because at the right time, at the right season when he says, come here, and he puts that anointing on you, great as it is, he wants to make sure your character is going to be able to sustain the anointing that he put on your life. So it's called the process. And it's not a bad thing. Let me know there's, your progress is in the process. Our progress is in the process. When you think sometimes, have you ever looked at, I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. And when you look back, you say, well, thank you, Lord. I might not be there yet. But one thing I know, I'm way past where I used to be. I'm way past, I've done seen him do too much and deliver me from too much to bring me from there to here. And if he did all that, then I know he's going to get me to where he had for me. Because it has no expiration date on my promise. Is that right? See, some people think that when you blow it or you flat mess up, that God changed his mind on his call and destiny and purpose for your life. But that's not true. That's human. People will always remind you of your past and keep you in your box if you let them. 
But your father will always speak to your future and your potential in spite of yourself. I mean, David, my goodness, called to be king. David had a man murdered. Come on, committed adultery. But he always had a repentant heart, and he loved his God. And because he always repented and loved his God, God said, I'll work with that. I'll build my house on that right there, house of David. See, America, they, people will write you off. People will tell you, you done blew it, and God can't use you. Who, who are you kidding me? God will use you. He'll use me in spite of myself. Why? Because you don't know it's God. It sure ain't me. Amen? See, Moses is going to be a mighty deliverer one day. But see, today, though, Moses, Herod is going to try to kill you as a baby. He's going to try to kill all the babies, even though you got a high call. He's going to do it while he's young, because that's his best chance to kill something in you when it's first birth. And he knows it. That's why all the abortions are going on in this country. It's the Herod spirit trying to wipe them out because they all got a purpose and a destiny to finish this thing strong. But the mama, you know, we got to get rid of the baby. We got to hide him. And the Bible says she hid him and put him in a little basket uh, with tar and pitch and put him in the Nile River. She had to release her son before he had fully ever released, be who God's called him to be. And there comes a time you and I have to release our children. Whether we like it or not, it's painful. So they can be all that God's got them to be. And they can find God for themselves. And have their own tokens and their own testimonies. Your testimonies, you're not going to get them but so far. But God wants to give them some of their own. Amen? So you know the story goes down the Nile. Only God knows, knows where this basket was going. And an Egyptian woman found it and said, I need to go get a Hebrew woman to come feed this baby. It just happened to be Moses' mama and got paid to do it. Boy, don't get no better than that. So Moses grows up in an Egyptian house. Think about it. He had to cut his hair like an Egyptian. He had to take off his Hebrew clothes and he had to put on Egyptian clothes. He had to forget his culture and go live in a new culture. He had to forget the language and learn a new language. Everything in him had to change. And then one day he looked out as he's grown one day and he saw an, an Egyptian beating a Hebrew. And he, something rose up in him. What was that rose up in him? That was his calling. That was his purpose. That was his destiny. What makes you mad? What makes you angry? What makes you cry? What makes you upset? What you would do for free? What you'd do if you could hit a button? And, and all that, that's the sign of your calling. He knew he was called to be a deliverer, but he went about it in the wrong way. So what did he do? He run. And he run to the backside of a desert, a country called Midia. Forty years he stayed there. Don't you think he thought, God's done with me? God can't use me. They saw me kill a man and bury him. He's done with me. Had to go marry foreign women, live in a different country. Forty years he thought, just like some of you, God can't use me. It's over. I done messed up. And then God, you know the deal, God sent the burning bush, said, come here, take off your shoes, it's holy ground, and commissioned him to go. You remember Ruth? Ruth was a Moabitess, a foreigner. She lost her husband. She left her country. She left her mama, her daddy, and she followed Naomi. How many know God had a plan the whole time? He going to bless her. Supernatural, bless this woman. But see, that was a price she had to pay. 
Did the same thing with Joseph. I see all my brothers bowing down. Good call. Great. But you're fitting to go through terrible times, man. Fitting to go to prison. You're fixing to be falsely accused and persecuted, misunderstood. Come on. You're going to prison for something you didn't even do. And then even there, he run the prison. And then God gave him the perfect character test when he stood before his brothers and they didn't recognize him. Now's your time to get revenge. Now's your time to get even with them. They sold you into slavery, man. Threw you into a pit. Told your daddy you were dead. It's a test from the Lord. Joseph passed the test. He could have retaliated, had all the power, but he didn't. He didn't. God always tests our hearts in the process. Anybody ever failed a test before? Whew. You get past it and you say, I know now it, I wasn't wrestling with flesh and blood. It was just a test. But the good thing with God is this. He'll always give you the test again. <laughs> He'll always keep giving you the test because with the test, he has promotion in mind. Because if you ever want to get promoted, how many knows you got to pass the test? So God will keep giving you a test until you get promoted to the next level because that's how good he is. And sooner or later, you're like, next time you recognize, uh-oh, I see this. It's a test. It's familiar with the other one. It's a test. I'm going to get it. And then promotion happens for you. I remember when he called Abram, listen to this. He told Abram, he said, I'm going to make you into a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. You're going to be a blessing. I'll bless those that bless you, and I'm going to curse those that curse you. And all peoples on earth, Abram, is going to be blessed through you. You remember that? But there's one little request they got to get from you. What's that, Lord? You got to leave your country. You got to leave your people. You got to leave your father's household. And you got to go to the land that I'll show you. Get this. All of these people walked in, not the half has been told season, only because they were willing to make some changes and because of the, the divine providence of God. Divine providence. Do you understand in the Declaration of Independence on one of the last lines, it says, because of divine providence, we stand. This country. Our forefather says, above all that we do, we're trusting in your divine providence to lead us as a nation. It's on there. I looked it up. You find divine, you've got some divine providence over your life. Let me believe that. What is divine providence? It's God's activity and intervention into your life. God's activity and God's intervention. Has he, in, he ever intervened in any of your lives? See, I still believe in that. From getting you to point A to point B. And see, we find it here in Hebrews 6. Listen to this. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. So get that. Abraham, he, the Lord says, 
being that I'm going to make a covenant with you, and being there's nobody greater than me to make a covenant with, I'm going to make a covenant with myself that I'm going to bless you and all that. See, that's the covenant God made with you over your life. Amen? See, I'm so amazed that you can go your way and not go God's way, and you can do everything right, but you'll end up in a dead-end street. And your life may, might not count for his purpose at all. But I can choose to go God's way, be driving the vehicle, run and slap off the road, go, you know, but I got a heart after God. And I end up out here in the, through the rivers and around the trees, and I'm in the swamp. And as long as I got a heart for God, it, if I do everything slap wrong because of his goodness in my heart for him, he's going to get me out of the, the quicksand. Come on, somebody. He's going to have me to dodge every tree, going to lift me up above all the high places that comes against me and set me right back down in his purpose. I can't mess that up as long as I got a heart after him. Well, Junior, don't you know God helps those that help themselves? It's not in the Bible. God helps those who can't help themselves. But who wouldn't serve a God like that? So I don't go around worrying about if I'm going to miss God's will. I spent the first 20 years as a Christian, oh, God, I just don't want to miss your will. Please tell me. Terrified that I was going to miss it. Honey, it is impossible for me Serving him with the right heart to miss his will. Why? Because he's so good, he's going to keep bringing me to it till I run slap dab into it. It's about his will finding us. I just got to stay in my lane. I just got to stay in my calling and my purpose, whatever my assignment is. My assignment's not my destiny. My destiny is out there. It's a high call, but my assignment right now might be working here and doing this. But in this assignment, he's going to rock off, going to knock off the edges and iron going to sharp with iron until I get ready to go to the next level. Amen? So my assignment is not permanent. My assignment is temporary. See, people get frustrated and they get bogged down. I don't want to do this no more. I'm called to that. I know you're called to that, but that's not your assignment right now. That's your destiny, but this is your assignment. And God's in your assignment. God's in the journey. And if I'll pass the test here and be faithful here and steward here, he'll let me go here. And he'll get me to my destiny. But I'm supposed to enjoy the journey along the way. Because the Lord's more interested in what's happening in me and in you than a destination he's trying to get us to. Because he loves us. Amen? Anybody got a high call in your life in here? See, many of you don't know it. I'll be a little personal here. No big deal. Tracy and I and kids went to Destin three or four nights and a week or two ago and got down there and Saturday anyway, about Saturday, about lunchtime, started hurting in my chest and scared me, started having some pains. And sometimes when I drive, I have a joint there that it'll just hurt. And I think it's the way I lean in the car or something. I don't know. 
But man, I started hurting, and uh, and I hurt Saturday, and I hurt Sunday. It didn't let up. It got worse, but one to ten, it stayed a six or seven. At times, it was higher than that. So, I told, you know, we came on home. I got up Sunday morning. Tracy packing. We're supposed to have another day. She packing. We we leaving. And um, it's bad to be around away from home, or it's bad to be around places you don't know because you always think the worst. How many of you'd rather be at home if something happened to you? Amen. You'd feel better. So she drove back, and I don't hardly say nothing. Man, I'm in pain. I'm like, well, it'll, it'll pass. This is ridiculous. I mean, I don't say, I mean, Fridays, I do, you know, I mow about two yards, you know, do cars on Saturday and all that. I'm in the heat a lot, work a lot. I'm good. Yeah, I'm big, but I know how to come in the house if I can't take no more. I did get me a straw hat yesterday, $6.99. So. I'm going to start doing better. But anyway, I get home. It's Sunday. Heard all day. Sunday night about 9 o'clock. And Trey said, you ought to call Steve Dixon. So I called Steve. Just told him, well, you need to go get seen about. Sounds like a blockage. So I go up, you know, go up there. Thought I was going to do my little tests, whatever, and come home. Well, they kept me. And uh, all that little deal. And uh, heart's good. Everything checked out wonderful. Great. Said, it's probably your gallbladder. Probably something you eat, a gallbladder will make you feel like you're having a heart attack, go up in your shoulders, all that. I get out on a Monday, sometime in there. Tuesday, I get a text. Now, I'll be honest with you, during you, when you're in that little season and all your little pain and all that, and it's your chest, you, th you think, oh, I don't, I can't, I, you, you, every now and then you'll have that thought, uh, could this be it? Is life over? Have I done messed up too much fun? Come on. Anybody been there side of me? See, you won't admit it, and I had to admit it, so. Amen? But anyway, um, so, I, you know, I got, Tuesday, you know, I got a word, and I felt like the Lord said, this word is for the house. He knew I was preaching this week. But he said, all those that have been through stuff, just in life, man, some of you have been through tragedy. Some of you have been through so much stuff, you don't feel like you got no high call. You're just ha hanging on surviving. But the Lord wants me to encourage you today that the half of it has not been told yet concerning your life. Over this church, the half has not been told yet with all that God wants to do in this house. This is to be a great house, a regional house, a resource center. we just got to put strategic plans in place of how to get there. Amen? God's going to help us and everybody functioning in their gifts and callings and we pull on our weight and encouraging one another. The Lord's, when brothers dwell together in unity, man, he, God said, I release the blessing. I've seen the blessing before some of it. Man, it's good. It's good. And if we can get everybody, you know, pushing instead of pulling, come on. If we can get everybody pushing at the same time instead of pulling against it. You always got some pulling in this congregation, always some pushing. If we everybody get everybody just pushing at the same time, ain't no telling where we land. Ain't no telling what we can get done in here. Yeah, we got petty differences. Yeah, we're going to get on each other's nerves. That's just life. I get on my own nerves. Your spouse ever get on your nerves? She'll tell you I get on hers. She'll say, you get on my last nerve. Last? Why don't you say last? Like you can't take no more or something. You know, my last nerve, you know. 
I'm sorry. I'll try to get on a good nerve. Amen? Get better. <laughs> Phew, I'm probably in trouble. I'm sorry. <laughs> we have fun, though, don't we? We laugh our heads off at each other. We do. We have a blast. But I don't care who you with. There's going to be times that you're like, oh, my God. You got to go to work, get peace. Come on, somebody. Amen? I better hush. I'm going to leave that alone. I get in trouble. But see, some of you in here, you feel like your chest is tight because you think, you think the big ones done happen. You think something done passed you by. And I'm going to tell you this. Because you've suffered, you've lost in your life before, doesn't mean that you don't have a future. Because that chapter in your life is closed, it doesn't mean you're supposed to still live there. You got to go forward because it doesn't mean it's the end of your life. I've been there. I lost Laura. I thought the whole thing had ended. It didn't, but it felt like it. But God had a brand new chapter. Wanted me to laugh again, smile again, love again. Come on, somebody. Laura's fine. Laura's healed and whole. She ain't the one suffering. I am. Come on. Your loved ones are good and great. There's no eternity in heaven. They're great. They get there, they think it'd be today with you. Come on. We're going to get there. Our love for him is going to be so much greater than any kind of love we ever had on this earth. We just can't comprehend it with our minds right now. But heaven ain't way out there. Heaven's right here. Truth is, it's inside of us. Come on. The kingdom's within us. And I could get deeper, but it ain't out under somewhere. It's right here. They with me. I'm surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. They watching me. They're praying for me that I fulfill my destiny and finish my race and my high call while I'm on this earth. Come on. God wants you to be happy. He's got another chapter. You're not to be a POW living in your past. Come on. You post a new chapter. That was great. That was good. It was a wonderful and I can't compare this chapter with that chapter. I'm not supposed to. It's just another chapter. That was great. This is a good. Let's get life out of this. See what you got for me, Lord. Amen? I don't know why I said any of that. But listen, this word is for you, for all of the, those of you that thinking the best is over. I'm going to tell you, your best is in front of you. God wouldn't have told me this. He wouldn't have told me that. Not even the half has been told. See, I believe that for my life. Junior lives his life believing that. I'm in sales. I got to go out and hunt where I'm I got to go find people. You know how I do it? I'm Ruth. Every day I get up, Ruth. It's embedded in me. Ruth was, she went out not even knowing where she was going, but she just went to work and got in a field. And when she... Went and, and got in a field, Boaz come up. All Junior does is go out there and he gets in a field. I go to work, and guess what? At some point while I'm working and touching people, come on, Boaz rides up. And the Bible said Boaz took notice of her. Honey, when you go with the Lord and you're going out there in faith, Lord, I don't know where I'm going, but I trust you, God. I trust you, Lord. Guess what happens? Boaz rides in. 
And guess what? Who is that over there? He takes notice of you. And then it says, he told them, don't y'all lay a hand on her. God gives you divine protection. And then he says, you come here. You've been eating crumbs and all that. Today you sit at my table. And then for long when she sat at his table, guess what he did? Matter of fact, you eat do you feel. Don't glean no more. Eat do you full and satisfied. Here, take all that back to your family. Why? Because I stayed in my lane. I just showed up and he showed out. I trust him. I live like that. If I didn't, I'd be scared to death to be in sales. But if I'm in my lane doing what God's called me to do, my assignment, there's no safer place. Provision is coming. Protection is there. And sooner or later, Boaz go right in. He gonna marry me right in front of everybody with favor, unusual kindness. I ain't living in fear. Fear's a spirit. Come on. God is with me. I used to think I had to run over here because God was over here and if I get on what God was doing, yeah, I'd be blessed. And then, oh God, he's schizophrenic. Now God run over here and I got to leave there and I got to get here. Then I heard about a revival and come on, I got to go down here and go God down there. Now what I figured out finally is God is with me wherever I go. <laughs> He ain't. He might be over there for them. He's where Junior, wherever Junior goes. That brought me freedom. He's with us. Well, I'll read this. White did not know. I accused John. I called Pastor. You call White Rothwell? No, why? I didn't tell Tracy. Oh, I know he did. He he called White and told him June's in the hospital. June struggling to breathe a little bit, and the old man of God trying to encourage me. I asked John Thur. He said no. Why, you heard from what? I said, yeah. This man ain't takes me in years. I love White. White's a prophet. He's an engineer now, a king, priest, and prophet. White wasn't one of my favorite people, just being straight. I probably wasn't one of his. Because they weird. But even weird ones, you got to watch. I'll give you a word. So I, Tuesday, you know, I, call, I called John. You called him, didn't you? So I don't let nobody tell that. Keep that's private. Private, I'm, I'm telling everybody. It's stupid. It's embarrassing. And I didn't eat myself to death in Destin, just so you know. I had grilled chicken two nights. Grilled chicken. Okay? See, if you're fat, it's always your french fries. I don't even care for french fries. Donuts. I did eat a donut. About two is all I had to. But see, if you're fat, you say, oh, shit, you fat, lazy self. But if you're skinny, oh, it must be hereditary. must be thyroid. I'm going to tell you something. I might be fat, but you get mad, fat, mad, fat can fly. <laughs> you mess with my kids and fat will fly, won't it? Come on. I need to hush. Lord of mercy. Maybe John's catching some fish, amen? But here's what he said. He says, Junior, I'm praying for you. Now put your name in this. I really felt like I was pretty sure it's already did. I wouldn't dare done this. But the Lord is praying for you. He's praying for you. You are an incredible man with an incredible calling. Won't you hear the Lord saying that of you? If you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you get a prophet's reward. 
So I come to speak life to those of you that your vision is dead and you think the best is over. And I'm telling you the best is not over. Not even the half has been told over what God wants to do in your life and in the life of this church. You're an incredible man with an incredible calling and destiny. God is filling your lungs with breath. Get that. He ain't got a clue. I'm in a prayer because I can't breathe. See, God speaks the breath into the, this body today, speaking life into you. Your muscles, endurance. Your eyes with focus. Your mind with peace. And your heart with courage. He's calling you to run the race fresh again. I'm telling you, God's calling this house. He said, I'm putting breath in your lungs. I'm putting a new spring in your step. Come on, somebody. I'm, putting, I'm filling your muscles with endurance. How many need some endurance in here? Come on. How many has got weak in the fight? He says, um, I'm, I'm filling your eyes with focus, and I'm, I'm giving your, filling your mind with peace. Man, that's good there. How many need some peace? He said, I'm filling your heart with courage to believe again. Come on. Trust God again. Believe him for the big stuff he used to. He's calling you to run the race fresh again. I thought it was pretty funny we got to take our shoes off today. And we in, Lord. We're in. But listen to me. As sure as my name, Junior, this house has a high call. It's not to stay in these four walls. It's good. But he's called us. I'm telling you, this is called to be a great house. A regional house. I don't know of another apostolic house just like this one around here in this area. That's just me. Might be, but I don't know one. Certain cities, see, they need to be an apostolic voice. Come on. There's all kind of people coming here visiting. You know why they visit? Because they're hunting something. Well, I used to go to church and visit the time I was away. I've seen three or four couples come down here, come in here. Didn't call me before, didn't say nothing. I knew they're hunting something. They're hunting more. That's how you and I got here. We're hunting more. We just don't want to be a church. God's not a statue. He's a living God, and we're co-laborers with him, and we're here to release heaven onto earth. We're part of something that's alive and growing and changing. And God don't want to keep it in these four walls no more. This church has a destiny on it. Amen? Stand on your feet today. Close your eyes. How many just need some breath in your lungs today? Amen? How many just need some, your mind and peace? I'm going to tell you something. The Lord loves you. The Lord's for you. Father God, I thank you today. I thank you, Father, that you're filling lungs with fresh breath again to run the race. Those that have been through tragedy and trials and tests and dramas, just trauma, Lord. They, they feel like they have lost it and the best days are behind them. I pray today that you give them fresh breath in their lungs. I pray you give them fresh vision in their eyes. I pray you give them endurance in their muscles. I pray you give them strength and comfort to run their race. I pray above all they would know how much you love them. And because it's the end of one chapter, 
you got a brand new chapter. It's the ending of one season, but you got a brand new season. They're not too young, they're not too old, or they ain't messed it up too bad. For you know where they are, you know where they live, you know everything about them, every tear that they cry. You've heard it, you've seen it. Not only do you see it, you have moved on their behalf, Father. And even now, I thank you that things are lining up. I thank you that things are changing and moving and shifting into place. I thank you as they trust you fully and walk with you. I thank you for promotions. I thank you for husbands. I thank you for uh, wives. I thank you for new jobs, new careers, new businesses. I thank you, God, for new. God, I pray for our pastor, for Pastor John and Kat. I pray for this family. We uphold them before you. I thank you, Lord, for the man of God that he is. He's well beyond his years. I thank you, Father, that they left it all to come here. I thank you for the vision that's in him. I thank you, Lord, for the provision that's going to carry out the vision. I thank you, God, for these godly women and godly men that's going to surround their leaders, Lord. I I thank you for all the gifts that's going to flow in this house from the front to the back and from side to side. I thank you that we're going to push and we're not going to pull against. We're going to push with. I thank you for the synergy. I thank you that we always keep you in the middle. Your presence is the most important thing in this house. God, we look to you today. I thank you that the half has not been told. I want you to say that about yourself right now. Just say it. The half has not been told about me yet. Say it. The half has not been told about me yet. The half has not been told about this church. The half has not been told about your life. I don't care what you did. You ain't blew it bad enough. God come to give you life. Some of you think you have flat blown it and messed up so bad that your best days are behind you. But you're the very one that I'm talking to today. Your best days are in front of you. Your best days are now. Let go of the past. Forgive who you need to forgive so God can give you something new, something fresh. He's all about doing a new thing. Man, we love you. I just want to tell you, I love you. We're here for you. I'm so excited about these young people and just everything in here, man. God, it's it's good. We're going somewhere. God's with us as long as we keep Him in the middle. Ain't no telling where we're going to end up. Ain't no telling what God's going to do. Amen. Man, I love you. Go and be blessed with your family today. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media.